Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Jim Stroud and this is my podcast. You've heard of the five stages of grief, right? Well, uh, my next guest will be discussing the five stages of the unemployment process, which reminds me a lot (laughs) of the stages of grief. Uh, You'll find out what I mean in just a moment. Stand by. The Recruiting Life is a newsletter that gives a whimsical view of the world of work. It aspires to educate and entertain with articles, comics, videos, podcasts, contests, and more. It is produced on a weekly basis by yours truly, Jim Stroud, and is supported by readers like you. Topics in this newsletter include the future of work, current labor trends, sourcing passive candidates, and more. Subscribe now and receive it every Monday in your email by going to jimstroud.com slash subscribe. That's jimstroud.com slash subscribe. Link in the podcast description. Don't wait. Subscribe now. Operators are standing by. Hello. Today we're here with a very special guest. Special guest, tell us who are you and what do you do? Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me. My name is Jeremy Lyons. I am co-founder of RecOps Collective, uh, writer and editor of the RecOps Roundup newsletter. And uh, I come bringing RecOps knowledge as well as knowledge for job seekers. (laughs) Uh, I've been in the RecOps space now for about six odd years, plus years, um, working with companies of all sizes and, and in different industries. And having the time of my life doing it. Recruiting operations is one of those magical, mystical jobs that people think they understand, <laughs> but do they really? Uh, how would you describe what a rec house person does real quick before I get into the subject? You know, I, I love how you describe that because it really is a magical, magical place. On um, hmm. the When people ask me, what is rec ops? I, I can give a very long-winded answer. And basically... That all distilled down. There are about four pillars of rack ops. There are there's a data pillar, and that usually covers all the reporting and everything that you are doing for your recruiting teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also be helping to define KPIs. Just really, if we're going to go and measure anything, you, you want your rack ops person involved. Um, there's a programs pillar, and that could be anything from helping with your uh, interviewer skills training, your recruiting enablement. Uh, it could be 
basically your UR programs, things of that nature. Then you kind of have your operations pillar, which is primarily what people tend to think of when you say recruiting operations. They tend to think, oh, you're talking about the recruiting coordination piece. And there's so much more to that. It covers implementations. It covers identifying tools. It covers new process, things of that nature. And then kind of that last piece is that strategy piece. And I think that that strategy piece is actually very, very crucial for understanding what recruiting ops does. Um, because recruiting ops isn't just so much as like, hey, let's pick an ATS and let's go. Mm. Let's uh, find this new tool. Let's go. It's really thinking about how do you build a ecosystem that all talks to each other, processes that validate that back uh, back to people. And I think that's the part that is really, really exciting about recruiting operations right now is that Previously, it was a lot of like, hey, just go and take care of the recruiting coordination team. We'll come to you when we've got questions. And now we're starting to see a rise of high level rec ops positions coming in and and being able to help companies really sort of redefine recruiting and get recruiting more to be seen as a a revenue generator um, as opposed to uh, just sort of a cost center. Very cool. Very cool. Um, Very cool. You know, one thing that that brought you to mind today, um, usually when I think of you, I think of recruiting ops, of course. (laughs) You are the rec ops guy. (laughs) You are the rec ops guy. Uh, But I also was uh, thinking about you because you shared a graphic with me not too long ago about unemployment that I thought was was amusing, uh, but also amusing because it's so true. (laughs) Uh, Would you tell the audience about, about your graphic there? Yeah, so the the graphic kind of came out of um, for the last uh, basically almost I think eight plus months. Um, you know, even though I started uh, Rec Ops Collective as a, a means to um, provide uh, recruiting operations people with a space to bring out and highlight those those people to work that we do because previously it, it hasn't been highlighted. On um, you know there is a business arm to that piece, but I've also been job searching. And mm-hmm. I think coming out of my last role with a company, um, I kind of started to look at different things. Um, 2022 was a particularly rough year sure. for me personally. Um, and so when I had sort of this, this time, I started to think through myself, okay, what do people say when they find out you're unemployed? Or what do you, how do you think about yourself in this? Because it can be, especially as time moves very differently, you process things very differently. Mm. Um, and I was sharing my I, my graphic with someone and they said, you know, it kind of reminds me of the uh, stages of grief, the Kubler-Ross stages of grief. And I said, that's, that's really funny because it, it in a lot of ways it is loss. And mm-hmm. so the graphic that I put together was kind of this, expression of how you go through different emotions and so you kind of get that first emotion where you you've you're you know you you've kind of overcome something where you if you've been laid off or you've you've quit your job there's that moment of like maybe possibly relief that kind of comes with it but people around you will sort of say well, take some time, you should relax. It's that stage where people start talking about fun employment. And I, and this is to some people, people that might be the case. And this, but, yeah, and this is like for, for the benefit of those who, who are listening and don't see the graphic, I'm going to put a link to uh, your graphic in the, in the, in the podcast description. But for the sake of those trying to visualize it, um, looking at your chart and you have the first pillar is zero to three months. 
and it's called uh, Fun Employment. So hate to interrupt. That. So to go go over that part again. Go make make sure people really grasp what you were saying there. So zero to three months, you're in the fun employment phase. Yeah, no, and thank you so much for doing that. Um, so yeah, you're in that kind of fun employment stage, and mm-hmm. it's kind of you could almost call it a recovery employment stage. Um, if you are able to do that, not everybody is able to do that, and I want to really point out the fact there's a note at the bottom of the graph that says everybody is different in this and it should be acknowledged that people some people don't get that fun employment stage um mm. people don't even get some of these stages that we'll, we'll talk about but um generally in the tech world people have i've seen a number of people who have been let go and they talk about oh fun employment um and that's kind of this stage where you decompress, you kind of do that self-care, you sleep in a little bit, you spend time with your children. If you have children, maybe you retool, you add new skills, you travel a little bit. You, it's that time you're trying to like get everything out of your system and have a little bit of fun because there's always that chart that you say it's like when you're young, you've got time, but you don't have the money to do the things that you want to do. And when you get older, you've got time, you've got money, but you've got no time. And then when you're old, you're, you've got time and you've got money, but you don't maybe aren't able to do the things that you wanted to do when you were younger. Um, but yeah, so that kind of covers that little three to three to zero to three months. Um, and then what I've kind of started to see on LinkedIn is that three to six month window where people start talking about, Hey, you know, I've, I've got my LinkedIn pot, my resume is polished. I've over, I've redone my LinkedIn. I've put in a new photo. I'm doing, you know, I'm now starting to really actively apply. It's usually mm. when I've seen a lot of people talk about, oh, I've applied to 400 jobs and 500 jobs. And um, and and that's starting to become kind of more of a reality. Um, but the uh, all of the people as they're kind of going through this, I kind of noted that it's, you know, this is when people start to talk about really being really unemployment. Um, you know, you're focused, you're not panicked yet. You're focused on your search someday, as I like to say, uh, some days are diamonds, some days are rocks. That is a Tom Petty quote, uh, for those people who are unfamiliar with the song walls. Um, and I think that sometimes that, that song comes to, comes through. Um, but that covers that kind of three to six month window. Um, and then you start after getting out of that three to six month window, I think what a lot of people don't realize is unemployment runs out after six months in most states. Yeah. And this um, is phase four, I think in your- This is that phase three. Phase three, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, that I've ca- I've deemed unemployment. Um, unemployment, um, okay. And that's the reason why I call it the unemployment um, phase is to quote Taylor Swift, it's that phase where you're applying to jobs and you might not have gotten a lot of feedback. You might not have got a lot of things. And so you sort of start to take that, you know, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me right. in your job search because you're not getting a lot of anything back. And you really, that starts to dig into you. It starts to kind of say, hey, I'm, what am I doing wrong? Mm. Uh, as opposed to what is the market doing? And you hear the market, but you kind of just go, okay, that's the market. But what about me? Um, and you start to panic at that point because when money runs out, money runs out. Yeah. And it's a very, you, you start to have very different conversations, um, questions that people ask you that you might've been a little bit more like carefree about in an interview. You start to really 
consider. Maybe you start saying, you know, when they ask what you're looking for in terms of compensation, you change your number and you just change your number to the bottom most of something so that you can not position yourself as being too pricey. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a very scary position to be in. You, you really start to re-examine things. Um, and then the next sort of stage that I, that I've, I've talked about on this graph is that nine to 12 months. Um, and I throw in some nice little, uh, emo- not really emojis, but I symbols there. It's sort of the, that WTF employment stage where huh. you are furious at companies, at recruiters who are ghosting you or maybe not responding as quickly as they do. It, you kind of adopt this, why are we playing the interview game? It's stupid and it makes no one happy. Um, why am I applying to these roles where if I see there are three, 400 people who have already applied, I know I'm not going to be the one to probably get my resume turned off this stack. And you kind of get really tired of people saying, hey, you know, you're, you're great. You're fantastic. You know, you're going to, you're going to find something, something's going to find you. You're too good to be, you know, unemployed for this long. And it starts to get on you. You know, you're tired of being encouraged to death. Mm. You know, you know the work that you can do, but you're tired of being encouraged. You want honest feedback. You want a job. Um, these are things that really start to, to get to you, start to grind on you. And I think that that leads to that 12 plus month that I call like next employment, um, where you start to say, you know, maybe the space is telling me something. Maybe it's telling me I don't belong. Um and maybe I need to really consider, do I pivot? Do I move? What's my next move? How do I get that job? Because at this point in time, now you're also probably worried that when people read your job, uh, your resume, that they're going to say, why have you been gone for a year? Um, the skills, the market, everything changes. How did you stay current? And you can explain that to people, but people aren't necessarily going to maybe believe you. Um and the panic is really real at that stage. Um, and you start to really look for direction in anything that you can find in any kind of job that, you know, might make you happy. So those are kind of those five stages that I've been uh, talking about. Wow. Yeah. This, let's go over them again uh, for the sake of those uh, taking notes. And again, yeah. I'm a link to the, I'm a link to actual graphic, but the first stage, the zero, three months, that's the fun employment. Yep. The next phase is the um employment. How long is that? On um, three to six months, and it's the unemployment. Mm-hmm. And six to nine months is um employment. Uh, nine to twelve months is sort of that you know exploitative employment stage. Right. Uh, and then that twelve plus month, that's that next employment um stage. Wow. I'm definitely going to link to this. Uh, you you have to really see the graphic to really to really grasp a lot of it. But it's it's thanks for fleshing it out though, because when I saw it, I was like, man, that's a podcast episode <laughs> <laughs> right there. If, yeah. if if people had questions uh, that they wanted to address to you in particular uh, about your phases of unemployment or about your rec ops um, background, how can they find you? Yeah, so they can find me on LinkedIn, um, Jeremy A. Lyons. Uh, I respond to my, to my messages. Um, if they, they want, uh, to ask about rec ops stuff, I say it's uh, Jeremy Lyons or sorry, I should take that back. It's Jeremy at, uh, rec ops collective.com. 
Um, and, you know, if people need uh, just to have an ear, shoot me a message on, on both. I'm happy to set aside time to talk to anybody who, who who's willing to talk to me. <laughs> cool beans. Jeremy Lyons, thank you for being on the Jim Stroud podcast. Thank you for the opportunity, Jim. Well, my time is up. I thank you for yours. I'll see you again real soon right here with a brand new episode of the Jim Stroud Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to reach out to me. I can be reached by email at jimstroud at jimstroud.com. And one last favor, if I may ask, please rate this podcast. Uh, Five stars is preferred, (laughs) but uh, please uh, comment uh, with your honest opinion. I really appreciate that. All right. Okay, until next time, bye-bye. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.